Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10:30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Luke 7, 2 to 10. I've made this real easy for you, although as as I hear other speakers say, we should always bring our devices or Bibles or uh, screens. And sometimes that's handy because if the minister goes off track and you have your phone, you can look up the news or what uh, is happening or <laughs> Facebook. or I know I'm not accusing you of that. Luke 7, verse 2. A certain centurion servant... A Roman centurion, I think what that means is he had 100 soldiers at his command. Pretty important military leader. A certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. I was struck, though probably I've read this passage a few times, struck as I was rereading it, often prepping for today, thankful for my turn, that this very important military officer took note of his servant's condition. Wow, kind of insight into him. It says the servant was dear to him, and he was sick and ready to die. So when the Roman military officer heard about Jesus, he responded... He heard about Jesus, and the next step was up to him. He heard about Jesus, so he sent elders of the Jews to Jesus. Pretty important person. He dispatched leaders in religion to go to Jesus, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they, the Jewish religious leaders, came to Jesus... They begged him (laughs) not to leave their town. Not this time. They wanted favor with the big shot from Rome. You get this? This important Roman military leader has a servant that's dear to him, and he falls ill, and he's ready to die. He goes to Jewish religious leaders and says, you go to Jesus... And plead with him to come and heal my servant. All the assumptions in that. I know from now on you could preach this. I maybe we could just go home early. But we're not. I'm not giving up my turn. And when the Jewish religious leaders came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. See the religion? 
tit for tat. Religion, you do this and I'll do this. You do this, you you know. (laughs) Oh, religion is like that, isn't it? And then they say, for he loves our nation, and he's even built us a synagogue. Then he is very important. Listen to this. Do you ever just read the Bible slow? Don't wait till you get old, like I am. Read it older. Read it slow now. He loves our nation. This military leader, he's built us a synagogue. What happened? Then Jesus went with them. Are you loving Jesus today? Then Jesus went with them. I want to repeat that. Then Jesus went with them. Boy, you know, in heaven, say, what are we going to do? Shuffleboard. What are you, in heaven, just to see, what were you thinking, Christ? Sometimes you would have an idea, go wash in the pool, go, what were you thinking? Just, And Jesus went with them. You know what I believe? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's going to go with me to my body, to our friends, to people we love, to our grandchildren, to our adult children. He's going to go with us. And Jesus went with them. Make this yours personally. And when he was already not far from the house, can you imagine Jesus trudging on that? dusty road with these Jewish leaders. First of all, you've got to think this Roman centurion, he's going to be, is he going to be part of the batch that put the spear in my side in 19 of John? Should I tell him right now, have your soldiers backed off. I'll make you trade. <laughs> and now he's with the Jewish leaders. You know what? You religious fat cats, you're doing this because you want continued favor from someone that's good to you in your synagogue, but why don't you just honor me for who I am? Huh? He just, he just goes with them. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends. Notice, he sent Jewish religious leaders to tell Christ to come and heal. And when Christ got within eyesight, he sends friends. He must not have trusted his secular friends to communicate a prayer request. He must have wanted it in Hebrew or the original language or whatever it was because when he wanted his servant healed, he sent Jewish elders. When he sees Jesus coming, he says to his batch of friends, get up from the table. You go and say, (laughs) the centurion sent friends to him saying to Christ, listen, Lord, do not trouble yourself for I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. I'm not going to cash in my chips that I think I've done for others. I'm not cashing in on what I have done. I'm just going to tell you, Lord, I am not worthy, centurion or not, medals or not, a, a palace, a nice place, and servants and people and prestige, chariots, probably a Rolls Royce parked out there, new one. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Listen to this. Verse 7. Say the word. And Tulsa will be born. But say the word. And my servant will be healed. Where did he get that theology? For I am a man placed under authority. Having soldiers under me. 
And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. Turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, beginning with the Jewish leaders and elders, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Luke 7, verse 10. And those who were sent, returning to the centurion's house, found the servant well who had been sick. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Living in the favor lane. Don't be upset with me. Don't get perturbed with me. Don't get tired of this, because it's not every week. Some weeks you have a blessing, you have a change. Give God glory. Living in the favor lane. These last couple of weeks, I've been dwelling on these 9, 10 verses over and over and over. Sometimes driving, sometimes not driving, putting notes in my cell device so I would not forget them. That's where most of our slides are going to come from today. Living in the favor lane. Favor, blessing, charisma, grace, benefits, the blessing of the Lord, including healing, provision. You fill in the blank. Living in the favor lane. Today, honoring our Lord Jesus Christ is a Roman centurion, a military leader sent to Capernaum by Rome to watch over the Jewish people and keep any insurrection or keep trouble down. The centurion, this Roman centurion, heard of Jesus Christ and went directly to Christ when he was in trouble. And not making any fun of smart, intelligent uh, Greek and Hebrew scholars, we, 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 we can understand how this happened. He heard of Jesus Christ. He has a dear, dear servant, ill and near death. He hears of Jesus Christ, and he went directly to Christ when he was in trouble. He did not have to weave through religious background, did he? He didn't have to stop and think, wait a minute. Was this what I was taught in private school? That I can go directly to Jesus Christ. I don't have to go to another person except to say, you go to Jesus and tell him to come and heal my servant. This Roman centurion is going to teach us, I'm probably going to use that phrase throughout the remainder of this passage in Luke. But he, he teaches us that Christ was his first resort, not his last resort. Well, let's see. Okay. We, we owe this amount. Um, shuffle this. Move this. Um, liquid this. Do this. And then we're going to be okay. It's not that that's, not that there's anything wrong with that. Someone is ill. It's good, as Christ said, to go show ourselves to the priest. 
Is everything right about that? But the first thing he did was go to Jesus. And I've heard that for many, 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 many years from being a boy on. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend. That's well known. He was a Roman military officer. His background was everything opposite. Uh, First of all, having a consideration for his servant, it says he was dear. His servant was dear to him. I mean, he was just wired different. He took ownership of his servant's condition. You know, he's going to tell Jesus later, I'm a man. I understand authority. I understand chain of command. I'm under authority. I mean, I have colonels and generals besides Caesar. And I'm under their authority. And I have servants and soldiers under me. And they're under my authority. Well, here he is. He has a servant for whom his heart is tender and compassionate toward that's under him. And he makes a move toward Jesus Christ, who he says is over him. He does understand authority. He understands submission. He understands the relationship of where he is and his responsibility upline and downline. This Roman centurion, he, he was an outsider to covenant. He was not an insider. I almost put, he was not a church boy. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a church boy. Some of us here today, we are church boys, church girls. Some of us here today, we're not as good at church boys as other church boys that are here. But we don't have time to go into comparison. It is not good to compare ourselves among ourselves. Some of us lost a quarterly every time it was handed out in Sunday school. Some never had a quarterly, and some kept a quarterly. And today, some that are here are saying, what is a quarterly? It was a lesson book for a quarter. Oh, boy. Yes, it was. Larry, this is our second week in the quarter. Where is your quarterly? And I said, my parents didn't bring it. That's where it's at. He would say, Jerry would say, well, it's uh, not their responsibility. Well, when that quarterly leaves this Sunday school room, it's, it's out toward the millennium. It's just going to be like a note later that I get when I serve as pastor. When someone gives me a note or a book or something in church, it's out into the great beyond, and we won't know about it until we get to heaven and find this lost and found. Now, I, don't, I want to be careful how I say this, but sometimes it's a benefit to be an outsider. It's never a benefit to be away from God, away from his blessings. But sometimes to go through all of the various uh, judging, ridicule, uh, getting a, a ribbon for attendance and watching someone else 
get a button for attendance, and maybe you didn't get a button for attendance, and maybe someone that prays real good has good, real good words and verbiage, and yet you just more like the publican, oh God, just help me. But this particular lesson today, the centurion who paved a favor lane was an outsider. He just, he heard that Jesus, he heard about Jesus, who knows from where, who knows how. Someone bore witness, testified to him, or he observed in his oversight of Capernaum. Maybe he was near the house when they took the roof off and lowered the man in on a mat. Kind of the commotion. He said, what's going on there? Okay, just let it be. It's, that, it's the preacher. He heard enough to know when his servant was that was dear to him was ill and near death, I'm going to Jesus. It wasn't complicated with any religious tools, idols, candles, uh, special uh, books. I'm going to Jesus. Are you thankful for such uh, awareness of the simplicity of the gospel that is in Jesus Christ? Our prayer room can be the cab of our truck, our coffee table, our bedroom, our kitchen, our workspace, our walk, wherever it can be. And Jesus will come with us just like he did the Jewish leaders toward the centurion's house. The Roman centurion thought more about his servant being healed than what others would think of him for going to Jesus. Wow. I put this in here because I needed another slide. No, I'm just teasing. Sometimes we have heard uh, brothers and sisters, sweet brothers and sisters, say after a certain amount of time of being involved with colleagues or, and uh, something would come up and they'd say, oh, I thought you were a Christian. You're a Christian, right? Yes. And, and that's understandable to a point. But the centurion, little bit the attitude of the woman with the hemorrhage who thought more about what life would be like if she was cured and healed than what would happen if she got a citation for being out in public and ridiculed and cited at breaking the law, the Levitical health law, for being out in public, not being well. The centurion thought more about this servant, not a colleague, a servant. Not a colonel where he could say, I'm going to work on this and you and I will team up and I'll head it back to Rome and I'm going to get a promotion. No, his servant. He thought more about his servant being healed than what others in Israel, in the community, in the military, and in Rome would think about it. You like that? I knew you would. (laughs) The centurion heard enough about Christ. He heard enough about Jesus Christ to track Christ down for a miracle. He paved a brand new favor lane. He laid the pavement 
for these theological promptings that we'll get to in a few minutes. Not Paul, the brilliant, articulate, trained at the feet of Gamaliel, apostle born out of New Season, writing 14 of the New Testament books, especially if we include Hebrews. The centurion paved a favor lane. The woman with the hemorrhage, she paved a favor lane, poured new pavement when she said, for I said to myself, <laughs> I said to myself, I didn't read in Isaiah, I didn't read in Ezekiel, I didn't read in Genesis, I didn't read, no quarterly, no Sunday school. I said within myself, you're flat busted, your medical coupons are gone. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to weave through the crowd, not thinking what they think of me, but thinking of my healing. And when I touch the hem of his garment, I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to be healed. Where did she get taught that? She got taught that nowhere. She paved. She paved a favor lane. And thank God for all the favor lanes that are paved. Coming to him for salvation through confession of our faith. Coming to him for healing. Let him call for the elders of the church. All glorious favor lanes. This centurion is going to pave a favor lane on his own. Hallelujah. This Roman centurion said, what, did he get that from Luke 7? Where was that? Well... It's a lot of miles back and forth, right? The Roman centurion, listen, he did not allow Jewish religion, religious leaders' opinion of Christ to influence his going to Jesus for help. You know by now, he's heard them squelch, try to suffocate, put a tourniquet, muffle, any testimonies of Christ that would go public. They did not want word of Christ's miracles out. Sometimes we read where they sought to kill him before his time, determined to get rid of him. He didn't get to be a centurion by being ignorant. He was astute, sharp, understood promotion, understood life, the value of a servant. He understood it's not your place that determines if I'm going to give you affection. My heart is drawn to this servant. And my faith is prompted to go to the healer Jesus that I've heard about and seen. So I'm going to bring these two together and my servant will be healed. In World War II in the South Pacific, my father was right in the middle of the South Pacific action. And growing up, he, he told us so many times how he would dive into a foxhole, pray a prayer when the enemy jets passed over, and he was still alive, he, he forgot what he promised God. But then his first son was born, Dennis, my natural brother. Dennis Connor is my spiritual brother. His first son was born, and he kind of contemplated some of those prayers and statements, promises. But he wasn't quite ready then his second son was born. He figured, 
Boy, with this one, I better get religion. I better get a relationship going. And he got down on his, got down on his knees. And here was his prayer. Here was the favor lane my father paved. And he said, Lord, here's my two sons. Here they are. Lord, I've been wayward. His words. I've made promises and never kept them. Come into my heart. He knew the ropes. He knew the verbs. He, 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 knew, the, he, he, he knew the way to peace with Christ. And he said, and here's what he paid. He said, Lord, today as I humbly come in this prayer, if you'll keep your hand on my two sons and direct their lives, and if I raise them best I can in the way they should go, let them never see or participate in war that I have done. And let them be used in your ministry. Let my sons be used to serve others. Let that be the war. Let the enemy be the one that they fight. And my hands, like David's, are hands of war and blood. Their father has served in war. Now take my sons and let them be consecrated, Lord, to thee. I will do my part to raise them. And he did. And I thank you for taking their lives and using them. Now, I'm not saying my father was against. He wasn't a pacifist. Serving in the military, which I couldn't honor a group of people more besides saints that served him and do serve him. But that was my father's paving, not mine. He led us in the way we should go. He taught us. He took us three or four times a week to the church house, one church house for one family lifetime. And he lived to listen and enjoy, adjudicate and counsel both of his sons when God used him for ministry. The Roman centurion did not allow Jewish religious leaders' opinion of Christ to influence his going to Jesus for help. Your family, a need pops up, a need comes up. Oh no, um, what will uncle think? What will my sister-in-law think? I'm kind of, kind of, kind of like, uh, you know, uh, you know, step back, keep it quiet, listen. A servant that was dear to him was dying. He said, no, no. (laughs) Everything else is on the table. I want Jesus that I've seen and heard about to come and heal my servant that's dear to me. Are we liking this Roman centurion? He didn't allow. In fact, he uses them. He tasks Jewish elders with a prayer request to go to Jesus. Wow. He teaches us that Christ receives all and responds to all who come to him. We love that. The centurion teaches us, here's the paving, he teaches us that Christ can hear our prayer here and will heal over there. 
Now listen, wait a minute. This is what he teaches. It's not Paul that taught us this. It's not Peter that taught us this. <clears throat> it's not only Kenneth Hagin that taught us this. The Roman centurion, where did he come up with that kind of gospel? He paved it. He paved it. He paved it. He paved in the favor lane that today, how often in prayer groups, our men's groups, how often have we, how often your whole Christian life, this is okay, we're going to pray right here. And Christina, who is in Northern California, at the self-same hour, we pray here, the Lord's going to heal there. Huh? Loved ones. Heads up. Heads up. Step on that pavement. Let's get in the favor lane of saying, okay, not, not just some of you. Step onto the favor lane that says, today, I'm praying right here, and God's going to heal over there. Well, did Daniel teach that? <laughs> Who taught that? The Roman centurion. So that means today, how many have a need, a loved one, a person, something special on your heart besides things that are local? How many have a person that is geographically away from where we are right now? How many? Look at that. Yes. So what does that mean? That means whether it's Saturday morning, each morning, each prayer time, each evening, say, oh, Lord. I come to you in prayer, not just for Laura, my daughter, who is here, but for my daughter, Michelle and Christina, who are miles away, faster than a Facebook post. I pray here and you heal there. That's what the Roman centurion, he, he paves this. Christ, just listen it's a nice place, but it's just a place. I'm not worthy. You should come under my roof. Now, I understand in Capernaum, some roofs were taken off. So let's leave my roof alone. Yeah. But if right where you are today, Christ speaks the word, right where that need is today, heal. Well, I like that slide. The favor lane, this favor lane paver teaches us about the power of Christ's spoken word. It took the 70s and 80s some great people of God. Not just men, but great, great, great people of God. Men and women of God. Leaders, evangelists, and prophets to remind us of the power of Christ's spoken word. Rhema. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the rhema of God. While this religious outsider went to Jesus for his servant's need, ooh, bonus, gotta hurry. While this religious outsider went to Jesus for his servant's need, he was a testimony to these backslidden, indifferent religious insiders of what the Messiah's power could do. Can I get a witness today? Am I pulling a heavy load or what? So, you know, so many 
things that are happening in these ten verses, nine verses. He loads them up with his message. They become the conduit. He hits the send button, and it beams up in front of them too. Jesus Christ has power to heal. I mean, you know, they're leveraged with this Roman. You know, he's built us a synagogue. He's good to us. He keeps, you know, he, he appeases Rome so we can have all of our religious stuff. Now he needs something, so let's go do this. Meanwhile, you go, what? Jesus, he's pleading for you to come and heal his servant. While this religious outsider went to Jesus for his servant's need, he was a testimony to the religious insiders of what the Messiah's power could do. The moment Christ spoke the word, why did that happen? Well, the centurion paved the way. The minute she touched the hem of his garment, who touched me? The moment Christ spoke the word, those at the house testified the servant was healed. Let's stand. It's 1154. Let's stand. Read this. Read this with me. Ready? Christ responded to the faith of this religious outsider when he dared to step into the favor lane. Some lanes he stepped into, they were paved, Jesus' miracles, and some he freshly, he poured concrete and said, I'm going to pray here and Christ is going to heal there. Wow. Lord, whether it's Kensington, miles away in California, whether it's Peter in Kenya serving you, we pray here today, pushing noon on Sunday, June 6th, and immediately, that's a New Testament word, you send your word and heal. Lord, in our lives, as this benediction is today, Lord, we come before you for these. For Brian, Natalie, we name names today as we close in, in our own personal, in our own personal sphere. Lord, we name our parents, we name our siblings, we name our grandchildren, our adult children. We name their names because we pray here and you heal where they are. Thank you for the favor lane. Thank you, Lord. When we open your word, we're in the favor lane. When we pray, we're in the favor lane. And today, Lord, we thank you for your word in Luke 7, a Roman military outsider to faith paved some favor lane opportunities when he said, I'm going to pray here and the word of Christ is going to heal. And you healed his servant. In Christ's name, give us joy. Keep us in the path of the favor lane. And everybody said, amen. God bless your Sunday, your Lord's Day.